Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. In January 2012, in Portsmouth, Virginia, 43-year-old Catherine Benet Griffin was seen riding away from her boyfriend's barbershop on his brown bicycle and was never seen or heard from ever again. At the time of her disappearance, Catherine was a mother to three children, and Catherine's mother believes that her daughter would never leave her family suffering without answers regarding her whereabouts. With little publicity, Catherine's case remains unsolved and under the radar. I'm your host, Nisa. Welcome to the Lost Crimes Library podcast. This is the story of the sudden disappearance of Catherine Griffin. Before we get into the story, I want to preface by saying that there isn't much out there that I could find out about this case. As I was doing my research, I was alarmed but not necessarily shocked by the lack of media coverage and attention for Catherine's missing persons case. I couldn't find anything about Portsmouth's police department issuing a statement about her case, and I couldn't find any news coverage about her disappearance either. I say all of this to say, that although today's story of Catherine Griffin is short and, unfortunately, not comprehensive of her life before her disappearance, I feel that her story, what we do know about it at least, is worth being told nonetheless. Catherine Benet Griffin, who often went by her middle name Benet, went missing on January 7, 2012. Her family learned that she was missing when Catherine's son William, her daughter Wilmisha, and Catherine's mother Linda went to visit her at the barbershop she frequently worked at. This shop was called Perry's Cuts, and it was located in Portsmouth, Virginia, in the 3500 block of Victory Boulevard. Catherine liked to style hair, and so she would often pitch in and help her boyfriend, who also worked at the shop. According to Catherine's boyfriend at the time, she asked him to borrow his brown bicycle, and he watched her ride away from the shop on his bike, shortly before 12 p.m. that day and that was the last time she was ever heard of or seen again. Back in 2016, Catherine's son William, who was 11 at the time, recalled that the last thing his mother said to him was that she loved him and his sister. In 2016, Catherine's eldest son was enrolled in classes at the University of Arizona, 
and was mourning the sudden absence of his mother from his life, like any child would. He said, quote, I miss my mom, and she missed out on a lot of my birthdays, and a lot of events that happened with me in school, and things like that, end quote. After Catherine was reported missing, police started looking for her, searching local wooded areas and waterways, but nothing ever materialized from those searches. By 2016, police were still investigating, but according to a police spokeswoman at the time, there were no new developments in her case. There were even reports that Catherine was possibly seen days after January 7th at the barbershop once again riding away on that bicycle. However, any leads that popped up throughout the years have been exhausted, and investigators insist that they don't yet have any information that could bring answers to the many questions in this case. And it's not like Catherine's family believes that she decided to abandon them and her responsibilities to her children. Catherine's mother, Linda, apparently shared a close relationship with her daughter and talked on the phone every single day. Years before her disappearance, Catherine faced many struggles in her life. In the 1990s, Catherine experienced a great loss when her infant son passed away. I couldn't find any information about how her son died or when. However, she continued to struggle in her life when she later served some jail time for violating her probation, and she faced drug charges as well. When Catherine disappeared, her children were in the care of Catherine's mother, Linda. But Catherine was staying in touch daily, calling her mother to check in on the kids and talk to them too. And even though Linda admitted that her daughter suffered from drug addiction, she reiterated that her daughter loved and cared for her family. Much of her family disagrees with the theory that Catherine simply decided one day to walk away from her life and her children. According to her mother, Linda, quote, I don't believe she is somewhere and not contacting us. I don't believe my child would put us through that, end quote. So this leaves the question. If Catherine's family firmly believes that she wouldn't walk away from her family, but the police struggle to find leads that point them to evidence of something more sinister behind her disappearance, what really happened to Catherine Benet Griffin on January 7, 2012? Again, I have so many questions with this case, like how are there no eyewitnesses or surveillance footage somewhere of Catherine's disappearance? She disappeared in 2012, not 1992. Shouldn't there be at least one surveillance camera that picked up her movements that day, or any day after if we believe she simply walked away from her life? Also. What was the relationship like between Catherine and her boyfriend at the time of her disappearance? Because we know that black females historically have experienced intimate partner violence at rates higher than white females, with black females being four times more likely than white females to be murdered by a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I'm not saying he hurt Catherine, but I am wondering if police even bothered to investigate him and their relationship leading up to her disappearance. I'm also curious if he was ever considered a suspect or if he was eventually ruled out. Another question I have is, what if Catherine disappeared from a drug deal gone bad? We know that for some time she suffered from drug addiction. I'm not sure if she was a recovering addict at the time of her disappearance, but I can't help but think this could be a plausible theory. This brings me to another theory. Is it possible that Catherine made some dangerous friends during her time in jail and they had something to do with her sudden vanishing? Or maybe she was met with foul play by a stranger on the street. But of course, I think it's important to consider the possibility that Catherine did just leave without ever looking back. However, my problem with this theory is that in 2012, 
I think it would be difficult to disappear without a trace. Also, from what I researched and from what her family has said about her, Catherine faced obstacles in her life, but she loved her children. So why would she abandon them? And my final question is, why is there so little information out there about her case? In my research, I could only find a handful of articles out there about Catherine's case. How can this case ever be resolved if the police don't enlist the help of the media to draw attention to her missing persons case? What I'm saying is, how can the public help if they don't know she is missing, or they aren't made aware of the information about her case? At the time of her disappearance, Catherine Benet Griffin was 5'5 and weighed 150 pounds. She had black or dark brown hair and brown eyes. Catherine reportedly has a large scar on her abdomen, and she was last seen wearing a plaid jacket, black smock, and blue jeans. When Catherine's mother, Linda, would hear about missing people being found or remains that had been discovered, she would brace herself and wait to hear from police. She would often call the police to check in about her daughter's case, too. Every year, Linda wants her daughter's name to be publicized in case someone knows something and feels moved to call detectives and report a detail that will lead to her daughter. I believe that Catherine's story is worth being told, and her case should be investigated with care, concern, and importance by the Portsmouth Police Department, no matter the circumstances of her past. Anyone with information about Catherine's case is urged to contact the Portsmouth Police Department at 757-393-393. 5300. In Heatsville, Virginia, on January 12th of this year, 2022, 28-year-old Ariel Smith was working her job as a clerk at a local convenience store when suddenly she disappeared during her shift. With a suspect in custody, what remains unclear is the motive behind this disturbing disappearance. This is the story of the chilling disappearance of Ariel Smith. Before we get into her story, I want to make a disclaimer that this is an ongoing investigation and new information is coming out every day about her disappearance. I have tried to give you the most up-to-date information, as I found it in my research. I'm sure after this episode is published, more will be uncovered about her case. I will, of course, provide an update on her case when new information is presented to the public. On January 12, 2022, in Heathsville, Virginia, Ariel was working her shift at the Claraville Little Sioux store. Ariel was closing up that Wednesday night at the convenience store. We know this because... All of her movements were captured on surveillance footage. This surveillance footage shows Ariel in the last moments before her abduction and disappearance. It shows Ariel at approximately 9.05 p.m. starting her car. Then Ariel is seen walking back toward the store, walking inside and preparing to lock up for the night. At around 9.18 p.m., she is seen exiting the store and getting into another car. Then. She eventually exits this other car and enters the store again to turn on the alarm and lock the door behind her. She is last seen in the footage picking up a bag of trash at the front entrance of the store and walking the trash bag towards the dumpsters located on the east side of the store, where the cameras could no longer see her. 
These were the last known whereabouts of Ariel Smith that night, because she was never seen on camera again. At the time of her disappearance, Ariel was wearing a black Nike hoodie, blue jeans, and brown Ugg boots. The next morning, a shift clerk for the store came into work to find Ariel's car parked in the lot, with the engine still running. According to Ariel's sister, Lydia, on the night she disappeared, Ariel texted her about a strange person who was standing outside of the convenience store. Lydia told the media, quote, She said that someone at the door made her feel uncomfortable. She never really said a name, but she said that someone, you know, made her feel uncomfortable, end quote. However, when her sister had a look at the surveillance footage, she remarked how Ariel looked calm, like she wasn't afraid, like she was her normal self that night. Her sister believes that someone was waiting for Ariel and then snatched her. She also believes that Ariel never had the chance to tell anyone she worked with about this strange person because she was closing up alone that night. Immediately, Virginia State Police began investigating Ariel's suspicious disappearance. The police start first by releasing a canine unit to track Ariel's scent from the dumpsters at the store. And the canine unit successfully caught a trail that led from the store to Walnut Point Road for about 100 yards before it ended. In a video update released a couple days after her disappearance, Northumberland County Sheriff Johnny Beauchamp said they believed where the track ended is where she may have gotten into another vehicle. But they focused their search within five or six miles of the store, based on tips and areas they thought she could be. Next, police began searching for a Crown Vic car with blacked out windows that was now considered to be a vehicle of interest. And soon after, federal, local, and state agencies were conducting multiple searches for Ariel, with the FBI agreeing to help with the investigation. Although people were eager to help search for her, the police turned down the public's help because they were at a loss for a specific place to search for Ariel. So instead, they focused on this mysterious and suspicious person driving a Crown Vic car. By January 15, 2022, a 50-year-old man by the name of Tyrone N. Samuel was arrested and charged in the abduction of Ariel Smith. When police looked into Tyrone Samuel, they learned that he was a resident of Heathsville with a lengthy criminal record. He had guilty pleas for selling cocaine, child abuse, assault, and attempts to smuggle contraband to prisoners. They also discovered that this man had his probation revoked in 2008 and had passed charges for sodomy and abduction, which were later dropped. And although Ariel's whereabouts were still unknown, police were certain that they had their guy. Police told the media that they had reason, based on the evidence available, to believe that Tyrone and Ariel knew each other as acquaintances. However, the police were still unclear about the motive behind the abduction. And they couldn't say for sure if Ariel willingly or unwillingly got into this man's car. They also admitted that they weren't sure if Tyrone acted alone or had help with the abduction. Soon after the arrest of Tyrone Samuel, police discovered a body during searches for Ariel. On Tuesday, January 18th, shortly before 6 p.m., Northumberland County Sheriff Johnny Beauchamp revealed to the media that, quote, after an extensive search operation throughout the day, search crews located a body matching the description of Ariel Smith on property in Heathsville, end quote. And this property in Heathsville that they are referring to is actually Tyrone's property. This body was immediately sent to the medical examiner's office in Richmond for an autopsy. 
At Tyrone's first court appearance on January 21st, 2022, he was denied bond. During this court appearance, it was revealed that there was evidence pointing to Ariel being in Tyrone's house the night she disappeared. Also, officers said that cell phone data actually led them to Tyrone as a suspect. Although Tyrone Samuel was originally brought in for abduction charges, it is likely that he will eventually face additional charges, as more comes to light about Ariel's case. Tyrone Samuel's next court date is scheduled for March 7th. Since the announcement of Ariel's disappearance, the community within and surrounding Northumberland County has come together to support Ariel's family and friends. But as they wait for answers, they strive to enact permanent change to honor her life. Since her disappearance, someone close to the family has created an online petition to gain support for something they're hoping to call Ari's Law, which would create an ordinance for stores to have more than one person opening and closing a business. I have linked the petition in the show notes if you want to learn more about it or support it. Since the creation of the petition, it has earned over 9,000 signatures. As of right now, Detectives are still waiting on a positive identification from the medical examiner's office. So anyone with information about this case is asked to contact the Northumberland County Sheriff's Office at 804-580-5221. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lost Crimes Library podcast. Please follow and share the podcast. It will help bring much needed attention to these important cases. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at the LCL pod and on Instagram at the Lost Crimes Library pod. See you next week with a new episode.